you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Let's welcome today's amazing guest, Hema Murti. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here with you. And I'm honored that you share this presence with me. And we are going to raise awareness and talk about something so dear and near to everyone's heart. And such, I think everyone needs to hear, everyone, literally everyone needs to hear what we have to say today. And we're going to talk about mental Mental health, basically, and mental health is such a vast, it's a big topic and it contains a lot of things. So at one point or another, we all need tips and advice. We all struggle with mental health challenges. So, and especially during these times and COVID, we all need more tips and advice, exercises, tools that we can use to just take control over at least our thoughts at least our thoughts and at least our actions, because majority of things are out of control, especially during COVID. So let's talk about mental health. What do you think is the biggest challenge today or after COVID or during COVID that you see in your clients, in your workshops today that people go through or are having? Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem that everyone on the planet is having is prior to the whole COVID shutdown, that's basically it, the shutdown. That's the aspect of it. Because we've seen worldwide, you know, disease is common, human beings, and we've dealt with other things, the SARS and, you know, such other kinds of big issues. We've dealt with AIDS, you know, the world has seen a lot of disease and issues that are, you know, kind of threatening um, your everyday life. But what happened in this case, which was different, was that because of the severity of it, the people that be powers that be decided the best way to quell it is to shut down. The shutdown uh, from uh, having full availability of your regular lifestyle and then shutting down was the problem. So it was irrelevant what you did prior to the shutdown. In other words, whether you were an extrovert, whether you were an introvert, whether you really liked sitting at home and reading and watching TV and just being by yourself, that was really not the question. The question was mentally, you had freedom before. You had the choice before. If I, okay, I hate going out to meet people, but if I wanted to, I had the choice. So mentally you were feeling freedom. And then when the shutdown came in March 2020, for most parts of the world, you mentally had to put an iron bar across the outside world. And you, whether you liked it or not, in other words, whether you normally went out or not, was became irrelevant. So it wasn't an introvert, extrovert, um, thinker, feeler, creative, hands, with, I work with my hands, I don't worry. It, it had nothing to do with your makeup, mental makeup, your temperament. It had more to do with how are you as a person, your personality, your characteristics, your development, whatever you did, you know, working on yourself, where were you along the timeline of the aspect of freedom? 
and not having that ability to be free. What was your relationship with the concept of freedom? In other words, if, if freedom was, uh, was made up into a thing, uh, a human being, you gave it a shape, you gave it a personality, what was your relationship with that concept of freedom? So segueing into that became all of the regular, when I say regular pre-shutdown, pre techniques that people were using to keep from a regular perspective of, of uh, pre-pandemic lifestyles. How were people in general keeping themselves happy and well-established, well-adjusted mentally to deal with regular life's ups and downs? Because that's what life is. You're going to have things thrown at you and that's that's the main of the game. But how was that all happen? How were you dealing with it then? And then were you able to segue or transfer those talents, those abilities into the post uh, lack of freedom lifestyle? And that became the question. So A, prior, you had to have some kind of a handling mechanism. And B, when you were not able to use those in the traditional settings, like if you went to the gym, for example, and that was your outlet, well, a lot of people did that lift heavy weights, get their sweat out on a treadmill, whatever came out. Oh, now I can deal with, you know, whatever's bothering me, that kind of thing. And you weren't allowed to do that. How did you transfer that talent and that ability into that post uh, restricted time world situation? How did you transfer that into dealing with the new environment? Were you able to reform uh, it, reframe it for your current at home, quote unquote, lifestyle uh, or not? So the question became, actually, what was the relationship you had with yourself? And that became the ultimate question. If you drill it down into the actual fact, it was not going to a yoga class or a Tai Chi class or any of these mind body uh, things, uh, tools that we had at our disposal. It was not about that. It was when you went to those classes and when you were not at those classes, what relationship did you have with yourself? Did you feel like you were your best friend? Or did you feel the outside world was your canvas and you were, that's where you were working out all your stuff? Because if that was the case, that got shut down right away. And that, those were the people that unfortunately suffered the most and became weaker, almost their strength was taken out of them. So they were somehow kind of trying to figure out like zombies, how to now, now what do I do? I'm at home. I don't have that structure that I built up my, my building blocks that I built up as like a house of cards. Now somebody blew it out. I have to start all over again. Like I'm a baby and I have to figure out from this context now, and then now you're searching, you're screaming, you know, nothing's available. People are not available readily. Um, all the support system you had, like an outlet, like an office, a supermarket, your friends, uh, extended family, or whatever else you were doing out there in the world, you know, going out even to your doctor's appointments, you know, waiting room full of people, just seeing people became an issue because if that's where you hung your hat, so to speak, your mental health hat, well, you didn't actually do the homework that you may should have maybe had done prior to that so uh so that's where so as i hear you say it's basically we had relationship outside in like we were dependent on outside factors how yes. 
how is there any way when we will give people advice and tips and tools how does a relationship that is built inside out look like because now i'm thinking if i'm already connected and all of the outside things are just tools i am using no matter how outside change i can just flow and That's i can it. adjust easily so how can we now for example if people are listening to us and they are identifying themselves and they're like oh that was me that is me that is still me how can we what are the first steps to build a relationship inside out yeah the first uh very first step is to acknowledge it, like just like we did now. But even that was not happening amongst a lot of people. I think they found themselves completely lost. So the first thing is to identify the problem. The problem is not the outside world. Don't put the blame. Don't say when this is over, because that may or may not happen. And also when the next wave comes, what are you going to do again? Go back into that. So put the finger, you know, put the vector, the finger towards yourself and say, there's a problem here. I don't have, I have not established uh, the relationship with myself, with who I am, on um, how I can make myself the better version of me, make it, uh, make that my lifelong project. Um, and so when that's the first one thing is to acknowledge that. And the second thing is to sit down and say, uh, what is that relationship with myself? You know, just write it out, paint it out if you're an artist uh do whatever it is you need to do uh, i think paper and pen is very good you can write out your frustrations what is your relationship with yourself what are the frustrations you have what are the joys you have and then turn that whole um vantage point into a different reframe and start talking about gratitude what are you grateful for? Hey, I get up, I'm actually living and breathing, I'm healthy. Oh, that's really a good thing in this world. So acknowledge that. So suddenly you have now one relationship with yourself. What is that? Now I'm grateful for who I am, me as a person. And whether the outside world is in my life or not, that's an extra bonus. In fact, that's my uh, landscape on which I see myself. So my performance, like a car, if you take the car for a test drive, you need a road. So you take the car, you can't test it when it's not running. So you need to run it, you run it on the road. And then you say, oh, there's a noise coming from whatever. And then the mechanic will go and fix that. But for us, it's the outside world. Our interaction with the world helps us see ourselves. So all this time, however many years old you are, okay, let's take out the childhood and all of that. But the developing years, maybe from 20 onwards, where people are supposed to be more adult uh, awareness of adulthood, of your own self, that independent self, where you're not really dependent on people for your everyday life, that amount of time should have been spent on getting a very solid relationship with yourself. So it didn't have to do with whether you were an introvert or an extrovert. You could be an introvert and still not have a relationship with yourself. You could be afraid, for example, of the outside world. That doesn't mean you're any better. Although those people did better because they just went back to their old modality, whether they were mentally healthy or not, hard to say, we don't know. But what would really cast in stone a for sure good relationship with yourself is to do daily work. It is a lot of work to establish the relationship with yourself. Sure, yoga, tai chi, those mental health 
uh, exercise formats do help. Why though? Why do they help? That's the crux of the question. Not because you go into a room and you're wearing nice uh, yoga outfits, yoga mat, and blah, blah. You know, that's not what yoga is. Yoga is a very courageous entry into facing yourself. The first thing you do is you have to close your eyes because you want to shut out your distractions. And it's the distractions that make our mind race. You know, when people can't go to sleep, that's what it is. When people are anxious or are not performing at their best during the day, that's what it is. It can be pinned down to your thoughts are really going in some other direction. You're distracted, you're worried, you're afraid. These are the ones that rob us of our energy. But prior to this shutdown, you had other people to face that off, to have that little fencing match at, at work or with your friends or bounce it off and distract yourself from the problem. So you continuously distracted yourself and suddenly you were like felt with, I've got to deal with my own issues. It's me, I'm the issue. I haven't established the relationship that can make myself calmer. So as you say, what are the things? One is acknowledging that that's a big deal. It's a leap for a lot of people to say you're the issue. The second thing is to take some practice, uh, practice mechanisms, some exercises that you would make time for. You make time for so many things that are really a waste of time. Let's admit that everyone does that. So five minutes in the morning and evening review. In the morning, you can set your intention. You can say, I am grateful for, let's fill up that cup. You know, let's make it at least the half full cup and say, I'm grateful for these three things. You know, just three or whatever number you can get up to. Let's just say at least three, you can say you're grateful for. First thing is you're healthy. So that's a good one that we can all attest to. The second thing is set an intention. What are the things I'm going to get done today? You know, what are the, focusing on the productivity so that you can say, this day will be amazing if um, I finish that assignment I was supposed to do for work. I send that email I was lagging on. I read the email that I didn't do. You know, set yourself at least three tasks that at the end of the day, you can say, this was a successful day. So just refocusing yourself to saying, what am I doing to make my day? What am I grateful for? What am I happy about? And remembering those things during the day will recreate the positive you because you should be working on you. The outside world is just a canvas on which we play out. And we can see when in our interactions with the outside world, we can give ourselves a little mark. Did you do the best you can in interacting with those individuals that you have to? Were there any rough spots? Were there any times where, you know, if you stood outside yourself and you marked yourself, were you proud of the way you interacted with those situations? Were you proud of the way you made those decisions? Were you proud of the way you have a kind of exemplified who you think you are? So there's another big question. You know, people should sit down and write in a notebook. There should be a notebook dedicated to yourself where you do all the work because you are a lifelong study of you. And you should know yourself inside and out to the point where if there's a shutdown, you do not need a Starbucks to get you up that, that crutch that you have that daily coffee, whatever it is, you know, going this way and going that way to some store or whatever it is you do in the outside world that helped you make, made you happy. That's great. Those are the extra bonuses, but maybe there's a little bit more you can do. For example, getting a solid foundation and saying, Hey, I have, 
you know, I live in a great place. I have a good family. I'm healthy. You know, just focusing on those things that should give you enough energy to focus on what you are. What are you made of? What makes you a, a better person tomorrow than today? What are the things you need to work on? And you could do that. And then you can, at the end of the day, you should take five minutes and say, okay, I set myself these things today, this morning when I got up. A, did I do them? And if not, why not? What were you afraid of? What held you back? What are the things that were preventing you from making, you know, maybe you wanted to make five sales today on some uh, gizmo that launch you had, and then you didn't manage to get through the steps you decided. Let's go back to the drawing board. What happened? You know, we'll analyze those things and make yourself proactive in making you the best version of you you know. If people had done that work from the get-go, fewer people, I'm not going to say mental health is, oh, I'm going to mad, magic wand, I'm going to vanish, but it would be a less of an issue because you would have established the relationship with yourself. Okay, and then deal with this. You know, it's shut down now. You're at home. It's just you and your computer. And sometimes maybe that doesn't even work. Um, and you've got to deal with this now. Let's sit down and figure this out because you know you the best. How are you going to shine in this new environment? And this happened to a lot of businesses we know, which had dependence on that old framework and couldn't really maneuver fast enough. And yet some did. So where was that? That difference? That difference was in the resiliency they had to change. Maybe they smelt it and they had a backup plan along all the way along. They said, I really should be selling this online. Let me experiment with that on the side. And then they just blew it up and said, okay, well, everything's going to be online now. And that kind of made them resilient to any kind of a change. So those are the things people can do. It's a lot of hard work, but if you didn't do it, look what would come out of it. Those are the, you know, the kind of like yes. the flashlight, the warning signs. Mm -hmm. Well, there was, it was like packed with a lot of tools. And today, like you and my other guests are really, I think they, I'm getting some signs from universe to really journal and ask myself some questions because I have not done that for a while. I have been doing yoga and I have been doing other practice, but I have not journaled for a very long time. I think for two weeks, which is like a lot for me. And I'm really like inspired to journal and, and because we change, I'm not the same person as I was two or three weeks ago. And I need to understand the, myself as I am right now. So yeah. that, that was like, it wasn't nuggets of wisdom. It was like a full wisdom. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I have like two more questions for you. Uh, I had situations in my life, not often, but you know, we all have those cycles when a cycle completes itself. Oh. And after yeah. active cycle, there is this cycle of doubting ourselves and all of that. Yes. And I obviously, I don't know anything. And sometimes I feel like I know nothing, but I know a lot of tools and even I was talking to my friend today and he was saying like, I don't think you are out of this world because you look at things so like with you're simplifying things. But sometimes I forget all of that. Sometimes I'm, I stop being, I never stop being a manifestator, but I stop having trust. I stop having, I'm starting to have doubts and I know so many things, but somehow I don't even want to use all of these things. Somehow I can't even find the strength and the power. Obviously at some point I do and I always come back, but how can people who have a lot of information, who have a lot of tools, and when the COVID happened, for example, my I know I'm the lucky one, but my life hasn't changed much 
and I have moved my whole life. I have lived like in 27 apartments thinking that this is my last. Now I don't think that this is my last. I learned my lesson. I lived in different countries. I was born in, in one country, raised in another, then I came back to Georgia. So I was always on the road in a way. And my, li- outside, my outside life was always yeah. so uncertain that I had to have my own discipline and inner practices that yeah. remained the same. So I had to keep myself sane and not become insane because my outside was changing so much. So when COVID happened, I already had established my own tools. Really? See, you're the proof of the pudding there, right there. You're, you, you've proved the theory for sure. Yes, but sometimes I forget all of this. And sometimes before I, I have begun understanding and all of that, I doubt myself. I don't have any strength. I can't find any motivation. I don't, I ask so much for myself. I don't see myself as other people people are seeing me. And when others are telling me beautiful comments, I don't believe them in deeply in my heart. So if people are in those situations, because there are people who have a lot of tools, but they just lost the strengths. And yeah. for me, when that happens in the future, because it will happen again, how can for we sure. get back on our feet sooner? Are there any questions we can ask to ourselves that will trigger that inner power or inner fire? when we feel like our fire is diminished, what can we do? And we have a lot of knowledge, but somehow yeah. we are not using it. Right, and I know, and and your question is so apropos because you're right. I mean, even the best of minds in our world today will have days when they will self-doubt or, or, or exhibit qualities which are not what we would think. You know, we think they have it together and hey, what's your problem? You know, and we do that kind of uh, a dance, like, you know, it's, you know, I'm not you, that kind of thing. But the thing is that uh, humans are human. So we have, there's another practice that we have to do. We have to give ourselves permission to be human because being human means by definition, there's gonna be a hill and there's gonna be a valley that follows that hill. So that's life. That is something we're going to have to expect. In other words, our minds are not going to be, even though we could be the best brilliant mindset human being on the planet, practiced it to the umpteenth level. But as long as we are human and we have a human body and mind combination, we are going to have uh, a hill and a, a valley that cyclical kind of episodes will happen. Now, for a person who's trained in mindset, you know, having doing the, all the practice and having a daily practice, being aware, having many tools like you're talking about, you're still going to have those, but be happy that it doesn't take you down. I mean, the fact that you just told me, you just proved the concept because the outside world is seeing you and saying, you're, you know, you're still all the things, you, nothing has changed for us. You know, that's validation that as far as we're interacting with the outside world, we're still okay. It's just inside of us, the gremlins are trying to, you know, do their thing. Now, that's normal, but it also tells us for ourselves, not the outside world, we're fine. We're doing all the things we need to do. We're exhibiting very strong qualities as far as they're concerned. So that's a good thing. We should be grateful about that, that we haven't fallen apart in front of the whole world. Um, you know, it's just in our bedroom and our, and yes. our desk. <laughs> yes. I get that. But the other thing is that it tells us a little bit about ourselves that you can't do it all. You can't be superwoman 24-7. So you have to give yourself 
uh, room to, ex first of all, exhibit those. I just get them out and say, admit it. So pen and paper is very good. And then you can shred it. You don't need to keep these things. In fact, I'm not a big fan of journaling per se, although I know what you mean by that. But I don't really, you don't really need to keep it unless it's a life plan. Like, you know, in five years, I want to do this. Yeah, I want to keep that somewhere because I want to keep looking at it. Or by tomorrow, I should get this done. I, I want those around because I want to remind myself uh, next week, I got to get this. Those kind of plans are good. But my immediate emotions, for example, okay, if there's some self-doubt that someone has, they'll write it out and say, look, I'm embarking on, uh, let's, let's just throw out a concrete example. Let's say the person's trying to write a book and they've, they've managed to eke out 20 pages, let's say, that they wrote on their book. And they still have a few, you know, a whole, maybe a hundred to go. Maybe they, they wanted it to be a hundred page book or something. Maybe they have a, a bunch more to go and they're stuck in their tracks. They've not made any progress. Then that's the time they need to do the work about putting down on paper all the things. For example, they can say, what is it they feel when they think about it? Just be honest. And this is the hard work that people don't do. They go through the whole spectrum of emotions, but they don't, that's, which is fine. That's being human. But at the end of that, there should be a, a crescendo and then down, you know, they should go take it down to the next level and say, you know, let's take this down. Okay. I've had my my pity party, um, yes, I am outrageously not myself on, not confident, not, I wouldn't say myself, I'm not confident about my uh, progress on this project. Uh, why am I not getting anything done? Why am I doubting it? Let's write it out. What would happen if? Then the second part of that is once you get all of that out on paper, okay, I'm afraid, whatever, people will laugh at me, whatever the reasons that come up, they should come up naturally. There's nothing artificial here. Just do the work and face it and look at it. Look at that list and say, okay, I, I get it. Now, put that aside. I've acknowledged my humanness. This just means I'm human. That's good. I'm glad I have those abilities. I'm not superwoman. I'm better than I was before. And I'm going to be better tomorrow. But right now, I've got to deal with this. So what can I do? And here's an amazing practice that a lot of people ignore. It's so simple. A lot of businesses, for example... When you do business planning, you say, how much money do you want to make in 2022? And then they work backwards and they say, okay, well, if you wanted to make this much, what did you need? What are your goals for the month, the week? What projects do you need to take on? They work backwards. We should do that in human life too, in other projects. For example, if the person is writing the book, I just want to take a concrete example and follow that through. If the person is writing the book self-doubts and says, you know, who's going to read this, whatever, whatever thoughts well up for them that make them not finish the project or self-doubt or have negative thoughts about their own abilities. And they should stop and say, okay, acknowledge it. That's job number one. Acknowledge those, write it out and shred it. It's done. Okay, acknowledge it. Second thing is, well, how am I going to get past this? So there's two ways to do that. One is have a conversation with yourself. We seem to have great advice when it's somebody else, right? Well, why don't you just imagine yourself across the tea table uh, from, you know, from your morning breakfast table, let's say across from you, you're sitting, you are sitting there with the tea. And what would you say to yourself? Just, it could be anything. What would you coldly look at yourself and say to yourself and say, you know, what is, what is stopping you? You're amazing. You should be able to do this. And that might actually prod you to say, yeah, I've done this before. 
what's the problem? Let me get back on the horse and let's go. Okay, what's, what's your problem? You're great, you can do this. That's number one. Number two is you have to understand what the end product looks like. You have to visualize it. Just like the business plan said, okay, at the end of this next year, you're gonna make this, this is your target income revenue goal. What they're doing is basically saying at the end of next year, you're here, what was your revenue? You're kind of looking back. So you should do the same thing with every single project that's a stumbling block. You can visualize it. You can either close your eyes and say, hey, the book's written. How do I feel? How long did it take me? What were my stumbling blocks? How did I solve it? And just imagine it out with your eyes closed. You can do that. You can write your own drama. The second thing you can do is just make that a reality. For example, why not make the cover page of the book? Whatever the equivalent it is, I'm just using the book as an example, but what you can dream up the equivalent of that for your own pred project, whatever is not happening, dream up the equivalent. Like why not just make up the cover page and have it at you written by with your name, you know, author, and maybe put your bio on the back with your picture and pretend it's a book and then put a bunch of sheets of paper and pretend, well, this is the manuscript of the book and see it every day until that becomes a reality. So find the equivalent of that with your project, whatever is not happening, whatever you feel you're less than what you should be, whatever that object is, find that equivalent. The whole thing is about making you believe that you can do it. So do that whichever way works. And there's hundreds of ways of doing it, but those are two that you can do. Visualizing it, convincing yourself, be making it into a real tangible thing. If it's a book, make that book happen, like a fictitious book with your front cover and name as if you've already written it. Convince yourself you have. Now, if it still doesn't happen, you've got gremlins that are deeper than uh, that aren't coming up right away that you're so afraid to face. And then if that's the case, that's a lot of more work because these are little gremlins that can, ah, oh, I'm not feeling up to it, blah, blah, blah. Those are light gremlins. But if there's something else deeper after those two uh, tricks don't work, then there's deeper fears and maybe you haven't acknowledged them. So if those are the problem, then park the project for now, let yourself be human and work on things where you're already successful and you know, you know, you, you can make a hit, you can, you can, you're going to do really well, like something that you normally do, whatever it is, you must have activities that you normally do, or you're successful, go to those as your go-to, but keep in the back of your mind, there's work to be done here. And let's see if I can figure out how I can wrap my mind around convincing myself when something isn't happening, there's a fear attached to it. Because if you love something, you kind of make the world turn around you, right? If you really love something, remember when we were little kids, how we loved something so much and then we'd convince, you know, whoever, if it was parents or older siblings or whoever it was that was in charge, we can, you know, make up these crazy stories where I got it, you know, we do anything we could to get that thing. But when we're adults, we do it, we do it, but we tricky, um, our tricky uh, personality will figure out ways to do it. So you just got to convince yourself that you like something, that you love it, you've got to convince yourself that you can get it. But it doesn't take much. But if you don't love it and you have some fear attached to it, that's when things don't go as well. And that's when we have a lot more work to do to ferret out what are those, what am I afraid of? And if it's still not happening, we really got to face those. And maybe you'll write it down and say, I think I'm afraid of something. I don't know what it is, but 
be aware that you've got something that you haven't figured out yet. And that's when, you know, if you have a regular coach, I mean, everybody in the world has a coach that uh, helps them through that. Even, you know, the best of best of business people will have coaches, uh, best of, you know, kind of mental health professionals will have their own coaches. Um, and if you don't, if a person doesn't, then they're just going to sit it out. They can sit it out and wait for that because it'll come out. As soon as you're going to face something, it will come out because you've uncovered it under the rug. Now you can't hide anymore. I know you're there. I know there's something scary in there. You can't hide underneath the rug anymore. I know you're there and you've got to come out because I'm ready for you. And that's when things come up. Did you know you were scared up? And it'll come up to you in one instance. It'll say, oh, you have some work to do. That's a short answer. Uh, no, everything you are saying, I was like, remember examples from my own life because that's how our brain works. And it's like, that's so true. That's so true. That's so true. I even remember my husband's family showed me so many things that I had suppressed and I was denying from my own grandmother these things like she my grandmother she's amazing like we we all know like no matter how perfect we are we are still going to traumatize our children so she had never respected my own personal space and that's what my husband's parents did and i used to be, be very anxious about that and very emotional and then after years of work it hit me one day, oh my God, my mother-in-law is reminding me of me when I was little and my grandmother used to invalidate my own personal space. And it was just, I remember when I had so many realizations, I almost wanted to die because I had so many realizations that I was in bed for two days. That's a lot for me. Wow. Like my husband jokes that like you might be, if I am not feeling well and I am not moving. That means I am really, really not feeling well. And he sometimes jokes like, you were just on the floor and now you are with a makeup and like you are sitting full of just because I tried not to stay in that place. If I have strength, I literally wanted to die because all these realizations wow. they had, I had, I was shedding the skin and I was yeah. like, oh my God. And it when you write it down, like instantly, not immediately, but at some point it will hit you and yes. answers will come. And yes. the, it's like, the, it, sometimes it's such an amazing realization. Sometimes it fuels me. Sometimes it drains me because mm -hmm. then I have to go back. Oh my God, because of that. And for me, it was, I never felt lovable because I was defined. I was expecting to get love for a certain way years before. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, my mother doesn't love me because if she loved me, love would look like this. Oh, my yeah. grandmother, my husband doesn't love because if he loved me, the love would look like this. And then I had to learn everyone loves me in their own ways. Right. And my mom loves me in her own way. And that's love. And yes. that's love. And that's love. So like, you are so right. We just need to ask the questions and we have to have the willingness. The courage. The yeah. questions, the courage, yeah. because it's like Jay Shetty was talking about how healthy oh, yeah. things always we always have resistance to health things for example going to the gym we never want to go to the gym before but afterwards healthy things always feel good but unhealthy things like burger before we eat the burger it always feels good and after we eat the burger it doesn't feel good oh it so feels like a ton of bricks yeah oh i know exactly God. yeah and i know same thing before. like with it yeah, yeah exactly 
<laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't want to do the work. And when we do, it's like, oh my God, it's so good. But our mind tricks to it's like, oh, we don't want that. We don't need that. It's not for us. So that's just like, oh my God, every everything you are saying just is ringing well in my mind's ears. It's like, yes, 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 yes. And I, I really appreciate you are giving such an amazing oh, tools. You. And those are the core tools. That's the... We can talk about so many things, but if we don't address what will help our core, like we cannot have any results. So thank you yeah. so much for raising awareness and the most important parts for me personally. I appreciate the time and I hope some of these nuggets will help people. I'm really looking forward to yes. having people use it. <laughs> yes, and the universe is telling me with so many people through so many people journal journal understand understand yourself because i have been asking this question in my mind but not fully listening you can ask a question but you have to also listen the courage again it's a courageous journey oh you're right so thank you so much for inspiring thank you. me thank you for i have one me. more question for you sure please yes this is a question i ask to everyone first of all before i ask you where can people find you um okay let's First of all, I'm gonna ask you where can people find you and how, what are your, are you coaching people? What are some other values, other ways, it's too late here, other ways that you are bringing value to people. I will link everything down in the description box, but still people want to get more value from you. Where, where they can find you and connect to you? Yeah, for sure. The website I have is getshanti.com, G-E-T-S-H-A-N-T-I.com and everything about me. All my programs are accessible from that spot. They can contact me, schedule a call with me. It's free. And they can talk to me about what their needs are. I'll figure out something. And if it's not me, I'll certainly refer them out to other people, whatever they I feel they need help with. Yes. I'm certainly there to help. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I love when people say, we might not be for everyone. So it's yeah. good that you can guide them to the right people. If it's not you, I really appreciate that. My last question to you is, leave me and listeners with a message. It can be one word or a sentence or a two, but something that is in your heart right now. I would say, uh, find yourself, be comfortable with yourself and really love the true you. Find out who you are and get a relationship with, your, with yourself, the real you, mm. find it out. Mm. I like that yes we need the because it all starts with the relationship we have with ourselves it does, it does. Yes. we don't want to hear that but <laughs> that's the truth the way you treat yourself that's how the universe treats you thank you Absolutely. so much thank you thank you very much for being my guest and i just appreciate your energy i appreciate you. your loving nurturing energy i really needed that right now thank you i appreciate that and thank you listeners for listening and have a beautiful rest of the day or night wherever you are and until next time